Hi, you're listening to Authorised. My name's Harry Reardon. You can find me online under Victor Reardon or at VictorSmith197 on Twitter. Thank you. Hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, Right, I'm just going to quickly do the intro and then we'll jump straight in. Is that okay? Sounds great to me. Okay to the authorized podcast for me harry reardon beth would you like to introduce yourself hi my name is beth freely um i am here in texas in the united states um and i am the author of behind the eyes of dorian gray and how long has that been out for so Behind the Eyes of Dorian Gray was my very first novel that I ever had published. I won my publishing contract back in 2005 with Arch Books Publishing. Um, I won first place in their contest for women's fiction, and that's when it came out. And then um, in 2019, I got a notice from the publisher that they were closing their doors and reverted all of the royalty rights back to me. And so I self-published the book back in uh, January of 2020, and there we go. Um, it's So now it's been out as a second edition for a year, and I just had an audiobook version of it drop in uh, the 15th of January, as a matter of fact. Oh, well, and um, that's that's a bit crazy. So what so – sorry, so this never, this never happened to me. So what happens when the publishing company shut down? They – send you all the so you get now 100 percent of royalties you get everything that they previously would have claimed or Pretty kept much. their percentage of yeah yeah um so oh. when they sh- when they shut down like i said the re- the royalties and the rights to the book um reverted back to me they had the right of first refusal um so everything came back to me and i was pretty much free to do whatever i wanted with my own book the old ISBN number was no longer valid, so I had to go get a whole new ISBN number for the book um, and everything associated with it. So um, basically, by them closing, it gave me all of um, all of the creativity rights back. I was able to go in there and change it um, from the original, you know, I originally published it under my maiden name, under my married name, which was Beth A. Carpenter. Uh, first thing I did was I published the second edition under um, my maiden name, which is the name that I decided to go to, you know, to to publish after I got divorced, um, which is Beth A. Freely. Um, I was able wow. to go in and fix mistakes that the editor never caught. Um, and I fixed the cover. I hated the original cover. Um, I didn't have any choice on it. Um, so, you know, I, I made some changes to the aesthetics of the book that I had wanted to do for 15 years and I wasn't in in the situation to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I recently released my first book and we went self-publishing. We went self-published because, the I hated the idea of losing freedom when it comes to the story and the cover, especially mm-hmm. like that. That I had such an idea in my head of what I wanted the cover to be from about like about halfway. I had this this image that stuck with me. Right. So the idea of 
that coming about. So it must be quite freeing now to have that uh, that chance and that opportunity to go back and to change the things that you wanted to change. It, it is. It is. And I and after that, I debated, did I want to go back and try and pitch it out to a publisher again? Did I want to self-publish it? What did I want to do? And after being able to fix the book, after being able to fix the cover, actually being able to put my pen name on it and um, and everything, I just simply decided there was no way I was going back to the published route. Um, the publisher I had, they were a small vanity press to begin with, so really they didn't help me with any sort of marketing. Um, you know, for Dorian, they gave me some postcards and some bookmarks. They gave me a big stand-up for book signings. But other than that, they didn't do anything. Um, All right. The second book that I published with them, which I also um, self-published last year, which was co-authored with my best friend, I had to ask for the stand-up, and they gave us nothing else. So I was pretty much already doing all of my own marketing. I was doing all of it. and after after self-publishing those two books i was like yeah no i i'm gonna keep the creative control and it's it's done much better this way absolutely so are you working on anything new um i'm actually in final edits of my third novel which is called the lock um which takes place in scotland um hoping to try and get that out by uh the end of next month if possible um, I had wanted to get it out last year, around September of last year, but I wound up having some people beta read it for me that I trusted, and they're like, there's still something missing in your book. And after a conversation with a friend, I figured out what it was, so I have like two chapters I need to add to it, um, and then it'll it'll be ready. Um, so that's... that's I, um, oh, sorry, go on. So, so that's that that's one of the ones I have planned for this year. That's, that's fantastic. And to have people around you that are willing to tell you that mm -hmm. is also really good because I feel like not, that's got to be a hard thing to find. I don't know. I'm really lucky in the sense I had my fiance with, with me. So she put up with uh, a lot of nonsense when I was writing my first book. I mean, I'm pretty certain she read every draft of every page because I would go back. I have a habit of going back and rewriting the same page a hundred times. Mm -hmm. And she was great and instrumental in being able to look at something and be like, uh, I know where you're coming from and that's great. But I feel like not many people would have told you that. I mean, I might be wrong, but like, I feel like there's a lot of people that would just say yes, you know? Uh, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, having that close knit group of people made a big difference. Typically my best friend and co-author on my second book um, would normally go in and she would do basically like the first line edits for me. She did it for me with Dorian um, and she did it with, with our book, uh, which is called the legend of Captain St. Pierre. Um, but her schedule right now is so crazy that she didn't have time to do it for me for the lock. And so I reached out to other people and, and um, got a lot of very positive and helpful feedback. So if you can find someone that is willing to give you that honest, positive feedback, um, man, hold on to them because <laughs> they're Absolutely. the ones that you want around. Yeah, yeah. 
So when when you release when you release your new one, are you going to go the self the same um, self published? Are you in that that sort of mindset now? Yes, I feel oh, like the yes. yeah the uh, pros far outweigh the cons. Well, here's here's the other thing. Um, when my co-author and I pitched the Legend of Captain Saint Pierre to the publisher, um, the editor that they gave us came back to us and they're like yeah this isn't going to work you know this doesn't fit the romance genre frame and we're like what do you mean it doesn't fit the romance genre frame well you can't you can't have two leads in the book and you can't have two romances in the book and we're like why not legend of captain saint pierre is about twin sisters who are being forced to per you know to perpetuate their father's legend as pirates and the only way the book worked from start to finish is if both sisters had equal amounts of of book time because they worked together and so it took us nine years from the time we pitched the book to the time we finally got it published um to get it out because we dug our heels in we told them no we're not diminishing our story this way we're we're we don't care if it doesn't fit your happy little romance, you know, frame. <laughs> this is how we wrote it. This is how we're leaving it. And so ultimately the president of Arch Books came back to us, you know, when we said, we're going to pull this, um, we're going to break the contract and pull it and, and self-publish. He's like, hold on, time out. He said, let, let me read it. And so we sent it to him the way we wanted it. And he read it and he's like, <laughs> yeah, no you need to publish this just as is he goes, you, you don't need to diminish your story. He said, this is perfect. Absolutely. And so fantastic. after that experience, um, after waiting nine years to put out the first book of a planned trilogy, um, I, I refuse to go back to being under that thumb, so to speak. Um, yeah it's it's I, there's a lot to be said for self-publishing oh i think so i spoke to someone uh near the beginning because we were talking to a publisher and they were uh very insistent that although they he said there's a stigma attached to self-publishing he said that ultimately it's the best way to go forward to retain mm-hmm. that kind of freedom and he's he's not wrong we were able to to do the things that we wanted and to write how we wanted and not have to worry about having to change certain things and how you had the patience to go nine years. I mean, digging in and absolutely phenomenal, Mm -hmm. you know, like there, there is a big stigma to self publishing, but I think it's starting to fade to be honest. Um, I think we're, it's starting to become more the norm. Um, Especially with how easy it is. Ingram, I use Ingram Spark and Draft Digital. Um, and it's just phenomenally easy to publish my own book, especially with Ingram Spark. I tell, you know, I, I load everything up into Ingram Spark. The hardest part I usually have with that is making sure any photo or pictures or, or you know, little scroll work and on the chapter, you know, matches and fits their their pixel description you know that's usually the hardest part i have once i get it loaded up 
I paid my fee out the door in within two days. It's already hit the eBooks and, and I'm already getting sales. It, it's not that difficult. And like I said, I was already doing the marketing anyway for myself. You so know, you had that, um, that experience and that knowledge going yep. forward. Yep. Um, what, what would you tell someone going that is self-publishing? What, what advice would you give someone that maybe doesn't know marketing or maybe doesn't know the second because pub uh, right in the book's the first half i think mm-hmm. that's the first battle the second battle is getting your voice heard in a sea of millions i mean there's so many people that you know really talented writers everyone's trying to do the same thing so how do you get yourself ahead of that crowd um i'm still trying to get myself ahead of that crowd to be honest um i'm actually i'm working with a young lady who is getting set to release a Regency young adult novel. I'm doing the editing on it for her. And we were talking her herself at her, I and her mom were talking about marketing. And I told her mom, I said, build her an author page, get her a following up, you know, build her Facebook, get her a Facebook, get a Twitter, get an Instagram. If you're younger, get whatever other, you know, social media the kids are using these days. I said, and start building it. I said, don't be afraid to sink the money out into ads. Um, you know, I, I've sunk some money into ads. Some have worked for me, some haven't, but that's par for the course. Um, do podcasts yes. like this. Um, yes. You know, you know get, get your name out there however you can. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I, I am trying to get my social media more prominent again after a bit of a stumble at the end of the year last year. Um, so I'm getting set to restart my blog. I write a blog about writing and other stuff. Um, put yourself out there, but not just promoting your your book. Put stuff out there that's also interesting to other people to draw your fans in, to draw your fan base in. That really is the biggest thing I can I can offer. Absolutely, know. and it it's um. What was? Do you mind me asking the stumbling block? Um, my mom got sick last year, and I had to go to Virginia, um, to help my sister out with mom and to get her resettled and everything. And I had a I had a great routine going, and you know, just the stumbling block happened, and I'm still trying to get back into the routine. It's it's been hectic, but I'm almost there. I'm almost ready to start, oh. you know, really pushing out the promotion again, February 1st. So that's good. Yeah. That is good. I've been finding um, the the writing process, having, having a good routine for me, I've, I've said this a hundred times for me, the, the routine is, is coffee and it's peace. And I, once I'm there, I get up as early as I can. You know, and I go from there, and that's how I start. Is there something that helps you when you're going through the process? Um, coffee for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but peace and quiet. I I got my office set back up um, shortly after I came back from Virginia, um, and I. I made it my space again. It's my daughter had moved out. And so I got the room back and I made it my space again. And and so in the evenings, when I come in here, I sit down, I turn on uh, 
the the soft light that's by my desk and I turn off the big overhead light and I usually have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee with me and I find the playlist I feel like listening to and I put my headphones on and I just veg for about five or six songs and then usually I'm ready to go. That's fantastic. I find um, a lot of the chapters for me are all from songs so i find all my inspiration comes from music what's on what's on your playlist what what's the sort of things that keep you going um on on the lock playlist i never here's the funny thing i never made a playlist for dorian which i don't understand um because that's so odd for me um but like for the lock um the lock was actually inspired by maroon 5's unkiss me and a okay. poem um, that was read by actor Richard Armitage in an audible book that I bought. Um, and that was how the lock got inspired. So the first song in that playlist is Unkiss Me by Maroon 5. Um, that's, that's fantastic. There's some Lana Del Rey in this. There's, there's quite a bit of Ed Sheeran and Maroon 5 in this list. Some One Direction. Um, yeah, that's that's yes, the lock uh, playlist because that's that's truly a a you know full blown modern day romance. Um, yeah, Legend of Captain Saint Pierre was full of sea shanties <laughs> and pirate <laughs> music, and um, I'm pretty sure the entire original soundtrack to Assassin's Creed Black Flag is is in that playlist. Um, so good. It's a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's a very good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I have another, I've, I've, I'm planning to release at least two more books this year besides The Lock. Um, one of them is called Beyond the Steps of Stone, which was the very first manuscript I ever finished. Um, and that one, I actually have split up t- into soundtrack only and songs. And like soundtrack only has pieces from you know wonder woman and avengers infinity war and gods of war and transformers um i'm pretty sure the entire first season soundtrack to the expanse is in that list um and then in the (laughs) songs list um pray for me from black panthers the very first one uh Jericho oh, wow. by Cell Dweller, uh, Danger by BTS. Yes, there's K-pop in my lists. Um, <laughs> no, so, the yeah. diversity is what the diversity I find is what makes what makes a great story. A diverse catalog of music. You've got scores as well, which are mm-hmm. a really good score. I mean, you're talking about the Black Flag one. That that's what immerses you in that game is having that music. Yes, and if you've got a good score to a film, especially. Like Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy had one of the best playlists. So the, all the music from the eighties, but it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Every song fit seamlessly, um, and I feel like that's what you know. It it makes a difference when you're writing too. Um, one of the books I want yeah. to release this year is is a take on the Robin Hood legends from Guy of Gisborne's perspective. And okay. Um, and yeah, it's a romance novel. There's there's a female character for Sir Guy. Um, but one of the songs in that playlist is by Blackmore's Night, which is basically Richie Blackmore uh, from Rainbow. His like medieval magical kind of Ren Fair 
group. And yeah. there is a song called Cartouche that they did that I listened to it and the scene, I can see the scene for this book in my head. And I'm like, I really want to use the lyrics to this in the book. I, I really, you know, man, I just, it just makes the scene. So I went ahead and found Blackmore Knight's website and I sent them a message, you know, told them who I was, what I was doing, you know, what, you know, can I have permission to use the lyrics, you know, with the proper attribution, whole nine yards, et cetera, et cetera. Never heard anything. Out of the blue in December, I got an email from Blackmore's Night giving me permission to use the lyrics. Oh, wow. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. So um, it, it's like you said, sometimes the music itself that that we as authors listen to inspire you know, chapters, scenes in, and yeah. it's, uh, I, I wish I could like, you know, bottle up the playlist and sell it with the book. <laughs> I had, um, the first, the first, the first, out, uh, first book that I wrote was the defamation of Strickland banks, which is a plan B album from mm. about, it's about 10, 15 years old. Now mm -hmm. I had an idea listening to Tim McGraw and I, I couldn't, it wasn't just one song. It was uh, an entire, it's like his greatest hits. And through listening to these songs on repeat, I had this idea that I've been toying around with for ages. And every time I listen to the song, the same idea comes back. So I, I can't wait to tackle that for my newest one. It's, uh, it's all Eminem, which I is going to be a little, a little bit divisive, but the music, I just find it just, it helps you, you know, find that world it does it does mm. it must really does like, yeah and you listen to a song like um like hurt by johnny cash or something like that and that's a story in itself and where you can go from that place is is fantastic and i feel like not enough people appreciate a good score you know like <laughs> which is designed to to bring you in mm -hmm. and the fact that you, the fact that you took you've got that is is phenomenal I um I, I look at my Spotify playlist and all of the playlists that have something to do with a story in progress is I have capitalized and I I just look at some of them um, a man out of time which is actually going to be the sequel to Behind the Eyes of Dorian Gray um, it has a lot of piano music um, you know starting with uh, Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. Um, oh wow! Yeah, because the the main character in that book plays piano, and you know it it takes place in the past. Um, I look at uh, another one that's like a nineteen forties gangster book um, that I called Red Velvet. Um, I had a scene pop up in my head uh, when Bring Me the Horizon dropped their song Teardrops. Oh wow! I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, because yeah. I I use the same thing when I'm like when I'm if I'm exercising. This the same thing. It's always music for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I had my first competition, it was Bring Me the Horizon that I went out to. I went out to um, Throne. Mm. It. I listened to that on every time I trained. It was on the same playlist. So when I when the night finally came and that song was playing in my headphones and then 
then they played it out loud and you can hear it and you can see the people it sort of brings everything together yeah it does it does and, and i happen and, uh, to love that song <laughs> yeah but um i'm definitely gonna have a listen because like that the other one it kept me going so why i never went and listened to more i'll never understand <laughs> my daughter turned me on to bring me the horizon um and for her 18th birthday i took her to see them in concert and i was hooked and oh, wow. a lot of their stuff shows up in my playlists it's it, it, it's like when there's a tense or um a tense scene or a fight scene for some reason bring me the horizon pops up it, it just kind of works for me that's absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. that is really great i mean and that yeah it's, it's it's great to to hear someone else who's got that same sort of thing because i've spoke to so many people and <laughs> I, i've not i feel like i always felt like i maybe rely on music too much but then to hear that is is great as well. <laughs> we don't rely on it too much. Sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, isn't there anything new out that I can listen to? Um, <laughs> because I'm looking for that spark. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I uh, I had an idea for a horror and I'm trying to find the right, the right playlist to bring that together, the right set of music because I want something unique. And mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah, I'll find it. I will find it. When you did, um, when you did lock, did you travel out to Scotland? Did you? No, unfortunately, I have not had the opportunity to make it to Scotland. I lived in England for a year and a half um, as a kid. I got to go back in twenty ten. I had to stop and think. Um, in twenty ten, uh, my sister and I went back. Uh, and we were primarily in London, but we we went out to Bath to see um, the ruins and everything. Because when I was over there as a kid, uh, they still hadn't excavated the entire Bath. So it was interesting to go out and see the whole thing finally excavated. But um, I, when I lived over there, I got to Wales. Um, I got to Brighton. We got to York. Um, we got to Norfolk. Uh, but we never we never made it up into Scotland, which is a bucket list for me is to get to Scotland. Yeah. My um, uh, oh, half of my family are Scottish and I've been here 20, 24 years and I still haven't made it up there. I keep saying I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just one of those things. It, it's on the list. I, I haven't. To be fair, I haven't traveled too far, but it definitely is the one that I will do eventually. Um, I I want to make it to Scotland because, you know, like you, I have roots, you know, in, in Scotland. Um, and when I was working on the lock, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to put it in all of the, you know, in all the touristy places. And I was looking specifically for a lock that was kind of, you know, known, but not super touristy, which is why I chose Loch Lomond to base the story around. Um and the more research I did and the more I wrote the story, the more I was like, man, when am I going to go? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it just, it, when, when you do, I feel like it'll be that much more worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I, what I've done is, um, sorry, you're right there, buddy. <laughs> sorry. My fiance's here and she's, uh, she hasn't worked out sneezing quite well. Um, 
I know that <laughs> feeling. I know that feeling well. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I, I completely lost my train of thought then. Yeah, sorry. So what I've done is uh, I have an, I've got a notepad with me and I always write down ideas for books. Mm-hmm. And each one I want to set in the same world. So I've created a town uh, that I've started the first book in and I, with the next one, it's set in the same area. And that way I can have certain characters that cross over and certain stories that cross so that hopefully I can develop characters better. It's uh, a way. So it might, as I'm saying it, it's basically my way of being lazy so I don't have to research other areas. But I thought it would give me that opportunity to create a world, you know, like mm-hmm. that. Um, but seeing that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I had a point and I completely lost it with the loud sneezing. Um well, I was like with, with Behind the Azadorian Grey, I knew where I wanted to set it and, and I set it in London. And while I was still, you know, I still needed to go and do some research. I was like, man, I, I know I know where I am. I know what's around me. Um, you know, I know what can, what landmarks can be seen from his, from his dockside townhouse and what can't be. Um and with the lock, I kind of did what you did. I kind of created um, a little world. It, it it takes place in Balloch, Scotland, actually outside of it in, you know, this little cottage. But I researched, you know, what is around this Scottish town? And I looked at the pictures and I created the world that way. Um, one of the books, Beyond the Steps of Stone, that I want to get out this year, it's a post-apocalyptic story which presents other challenges because while it takes place on earth and it starts at area 51 and it ends in Belize, um, what does our world after, after a post-apocalyptic occurrence look like? Absolutely. And I feel like, uh, there's, there's a lot of, there was a lot of world creating with that one. Yeah. I mean, I'll bet. And I imagine after seeing the way 2020 went and, People were like at one point were fighting over toilet roll and mm-hmm. e- eggs and you know little things like that mm-hmm. that you see how people can devolve very quickly and start treating the, each other the way they do. The book was kind of dark to begin with, and I wanted to make it darker and a little more mature with the dialogue. So that's actually what I'm going to be doing is is basically taking the manuscript and just editing the daylights out of it until I get it the way I want it. Um, but 2020 actually kind of gave me fodder to work with. Um, seeing how <laughs> people are, um, seeing the rioting, seeing how, how people suddenly just forget common decency. And yeah, it's, 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 you know, things that'll be rolled into the story by the time I'm done with it. Absolutely. The way watching the news and seeing the way people handled themselves and even i mean we had it before when think little things like black friday mm-hmm. and stuff like that when all the sales come on and people are rushing past each other for cheap tvs and that sort of thing but mm-hmm. 2020 took it to a new a new place where i don't think we've ever really seen before no it, 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 it and, took it to a whole new level and uh my my book was about uh, my first book is about a. It's called The Recluse, about a guy that, um, yeah, through through anxiety and through depression, he finds himself stuck in and not 
and he can't get to the outside world and when we everything in 2020 happened i was trying to explain to people like no i come up with the idea before we were all locked in mm-hmm. but it definitely helped seeing having that experience firsthand where you couldn't you couldn't go out if you wanted to but i wasn't sure you know with with beyond the steps of stone the original catalyst was um 9-11 when i when i first wrote it um oh wow that was the original catalyst but now as i'm trying to redevelop the story i'm seriously wondering if i should move away from the nuclear war and you know the bombing of places and actually go with something more like covid um yeah it hasn't been touched on um I've seen some books where people have touched on this kind of idea, but it's not, it's not a trope that's been overused yet. And it's, it's relevant to today. What if, Absolutely. you know, it, yeah. it brings, you know, COVID has brought up the what if scenarios. And I'm seriously oh, thinking because, you know, you also have the what if one of the survivors who comes out of cryogenic stasis is carrying it and asymptomatic. Yeah. So it, it, and we've, it brings yeah. up ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen, we've seen people, we've all had stories of people that are asymptomatic or people that are carrying it and just don't care, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to them, they feel fine. So it doesn't matter if they go out, it doesn't matter if they go to the shops or round to see their friends or their neighbors or their family, you know, it's not their issue. Exactly. And, yeah, it's it is truly horrific, but it's to bring that uh, such a unique perspective to it is incredible. I can't wait personally if you when you do release it to have you back and to be able to to read it myself. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Okay, so um, where can people find you? So I can be found on Facebook, um, Beth A. Freely. Um, I can be found at www.beth and A-N-N-E, freely.com, which is my author webpage. Um, I am on Twitter as B-A Freely. And where can we find your book? So right now, Behind the Eyes, the audiobook for Behind the Eyes of Dorian Gray, which uh, just dropped, is on Audible, Amazon.com, and iTunes. Um, oh, wow. You can also find uh, the paperback version, and if you want to pay an outrageous amount of money, a first edition hardback version, also on Amazon. Um, I'm also on Barnes & Noble, um, and there's a couple of other places that the book is available, um, including a site called IndieLector.com, which is part of the um, Authors Marketing Guild that I'm part of here in Texas. Fantastic. And there's an Instagram there somewhere, but I don't remember what my Instagram is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the Instagram ones, the name they gave me was uh, uh, name dot name dot number. <laughs> so, try, yeah, try I, to remember. It's an absolute nightmare. I've also changed my Instagram a couple of times. Oh, let me see if I can find it here. <laughs> it's, it's something. I, <laughs> I stick, it's, it's, I stick it, to... T- I went with BA Freely, so there we go. <laughs> BA Freely, that's fantastic. I stick to uh, my Twitter name because it's just Victor Smith 197 Super simple. Mm-hmm. 
I can never I can never forget that. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I cannot wait to have you back on to chat again. Um, Thank you so much for your time. As soon as I get a couple of others uh, ready for you, I'll let you know. Thank you so much. Thank I you. can't wait. You have a great Thank day. You, and you, I should talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Anchored Podcast. Thank you for jumping on. You can find us on Twitter at VictorSmith197. We are also on YouTube at the Social Distance in Virtual Pub. And make sure you jump down, give us a like, give us a comment. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.